0: Good morning, good morning, here I am back again, <laughs> always popping up like a like, like lost penny, pop, pop, here I am again, um, back with another episode of Zen Wisdom for your everyday life and our new era, working on Zen and relationships, or exploring rather than working on, but exploring Zen and relationships, and we even say Zen, the secret practice of love. I love that. (laughs) I love that phrase, the secret practice of love, because is love a secret? You can't keep love a secret. You cannot keep love a secret. When you're in love or when you're feeling great love, it just pours out of you. It's clear to see how you feel about another is being spoken all the time. Not in your words, maybe not in what you're saying, but in what's real, how you really feel about another is constantly being communicated silently, and in many, many, many intricate ways that we're not even aware of. And this itself is fascinating. It's fascinating, because we always try to put on a kind of a a front. We want to look good when we see someone, we want to have a good time, we want to Say nice things to them, but, but the real speech is silent and is going forth, going forth, going forth. The Buddha said, and he gave many, many, many teachings, many, many, many sutras after he had his great enlightenment. He had endless talks, but he said at one point, 49 years and not a word said. 49 years and not a word said. I was always so moved by that statement. Not a, because we speak words, but that's not the real speech. It's not in the words. So that's why maybe the, the, the idea of the secret practice of love is kind of a koan, interesting. Maybe a paradox. I mean, on the one hand, we very don't really speak about love that much in Zen practice. We don't use that word We don't use that word. We don't speak about relationships per se, usually, in most centers. I know it was not spoken of uh, in most of mine. With one of my teachers, yes, but basically not really. However, 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 the, the, the speech goes forth. What we do, how we behave how we genuinely relate to something cannot be secret, cannot be covered. And our practice in Zen is to just, it's about our breathing, our walking, our talking, our sitting, not moving when it's time to sit, walking mindfully when it's time to move. Our practice itself includes all kinds of Not only speech, but all kinds of deeds of love. That's what I would call them. Deeds of love. Incredibly much so. All that mindfulness. You know, when we sit quietly and we're not moving around, we're taking care of our breath. We're taking care of the day. We're... we're, we're, caring for it we're minding it we're taking care of everyone in the zendo now this is a very beautiful and important point point. and it's a very different 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 way of taking care of one another one of the main teachings in zen is don't lean on others wow and basically it's also and, and the, when we sit nobody leans on you either this is not a codependent, so, so to speak. <clears throat> this is not a, a, a relationship where I'm going to come and tell you all my woes and then I'll listen and then I'll tell you all my woes. And and we, and we join based on our sorrows and how much we need each other. <clears throat> we don't need each other in Zen practice. We need the truth. We need who we are. We need to really be caring and mindful And we start with ourselves. We all sit together in the zendo and we pay attention to the breathing or whatever our practice is on the cushion. And of course, of course, of course, inevitably, pain comes up. Memories come up. Maybe physical pain comes up. Maybe sorrow comes up. Maybe anger. Many, many, many things come up as we just sit and don't move and just are present. And we're allowing them. We're allowing what our world is inside to become visible to us. We allow ourselves to become aware of it. It's not a secret. And we welcome it and we sit with it in the middle of it. And as we do so, it transforms. We don't transform it, but it transforms in its own way. So we also learn how to get out of the way, how to step back, how to give room to the knowingness, the great knowingness of life, to operate through us. But here's a very important point I want to make about relationships. If someone starts to cry in the Zendo, this definitely has happened during the long seven-day sessions. Sometimes people are so overwhelmed with something and they just start sobbing. Nobody moves. We sit and continue to sit. And one time my teacher said, do not interfere with their suffering, with their precious suffering. Precious? What's precious about it? Well, it is precious because this suffering that they're going through, hold on, sorry, excuse me. This suffering that they're going through is a gateway for them to understanding, to wisdom, to freedom. We don't hate anything that arises. We treasure whatever comes up. And we, the way we support one another through those difficult moments is by sitting quietly, being there with them and for them, but not taking our attention off our own practice, not abnegating our own life and running to someone else's life. And oh, I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. Meanwhile, you haven't even been able to take care of yourself, but you're running to take care of someone else. No, 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 no. No, no, but by all sitting together, devoted to sitting, the love that we actually are just begins to become communicated to the other, not through words, but through our presence, through our availability. Here we are, we're all doing the same thing, we're all in the same soup, we really are. Because at one moment, one person will feel this suffering. At another moment, someone else. It's all the same suffering coming up in different places. And we just sit through it. We don't let it knock us down or knock us off the cushion. It's so powerful. It's so beautiful. And it's so needed now. Oh, my goodness. It's so easy to get knocked down by the suffering. Very easy. Believe me. Believe me. I know it been knocked off the cushion many times. Somehow, I crawl back up again (laughs) and sit down because it's such a beautiful, simple and profoundly honest and direct practice. And I love it. But it's, believe me, it's so, at moments, so much pain comes and we sit through it. And we learn then that we are much stronger than the pain. We're senior to it. It's simply dark clouds that come and go when we allow it through. Allow it to come in and allow it to leave. Not cling to it, not beg for help, help me, help me, help me, and disrupt someone else's life or sitting from that, but are willing just to practice with it. Not only do we become tremendously much more filled with love, for for even for the suffering, we can even love our suffering, believe it or not. Whatever comes, it comes. We welcome it. Whatever goes, it goes. And we let it go. Now, that itself is the entire practice, not only of Zen, but of life itself. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to practice it every day. You know, I'm always so struck. Everybody goes to the gym, except me. I've I've never been a gym rat. But everybody, they exercise a lot. And that's good. It's good. They want to build up their muscles, get strong, exercise those physical muscles. And that's great. But what about our inner muscles, our inner self, our inner being? How do we strengthen that? How do we prepare ourselves for when the dark clouds come? <clears throat> and in the Zendo, we learn that we do not, not only do we not need to lean on others, but we, it's not good for others to lean on us either. It, it weakens them, ultimately. That's a tremendous teaching. That doesn't mean we're not there for them, but we're there for them, and our relationships is, are based on something else. It's not a mutual sorrow party it's based upon strength, sensitivity, awareness, and presence so that the when I say the secret practice of love it doesn't may not look like love, but it really is a deeper, deeper form of love and and that's be, that's being transmitted and transfused to someone else. It's not a love that weakens. If something weakens you, it's not love. If something makes you dependent on it, it's not love. Because how do we know? How do we know how, if, how long that person or that situation will even be available to us? We must, we must tap the deeper strength within which we, every single being has. And it takes courage and yet, does take the support of others. That's called Sangha. <clears throat> sangha are the community of other people who practice together. It could be just one or two people. You know, because of the COVID, I have, I used to have a... Well, we'll have it again soon. Monday nights, I would always have sitting at my place, made part of my apartment. Most of it's a Zendo anyway, my apartment. It's all turned into a beautiful Zendo. And... Um, except that during the COVID, it's been quite a while since people could come in. We sit on Zoom, um, but it, it, and that's wonderful, and it's completely wonderful. I'm not saying that, but people come in. We sit together. We have tea afterwards. If we sit all day long, I used to make pumpkin soup or other soup, and at the end, we'd have warm soup together. The most fulfilling, love-filled, Powerful days, beautiful days. So that's support. And many Zendos are online now, all over. And and many of them are opening up as well, slowly and carefully. And that's good, because it's very important also to have this in person. So you see, there is something that gets transmitted between one another, but it doesn't get transmitted through lots of words, chat, 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 chat. Sometimes we chat afterwards, of course. We go get pizza, we go get lunch or dinner or whatever, and then we talk like anyone else. But in the practice itself, it's not about what we say to someone or, or how, what kind of a, how we act, you know, how we look, how we smile, because we're not doing that. We're focusing on our own zazen, our own life, our own practice. It might look self-absorbed, but it's not. It's a gift. This is a very fine point. It's a very delicate point. When we're really present for whatever is going on within ourselves in a very unique way, then we can be present and available for whatever is going on in anyone, in everyone. And that that is one of the basic, basic laws of love the ability just to be there with someone fully. Really sharing the moment together, sh- knowing what their experience is, not, not blocking it out, not running away, but also not interjecting yourself into it or interfering with it or co-opting, and telling them what to do, controlling them. None of that, none of that goes on in the zendo. And when we let all of that go, Mm, that is is the secret practice of love. Not so secret, because you feel wonderful. Not only about others, but about yourself, too. When you get through with a long sit, or not even so long, whatever the sit is, doesn't matter, long, short, you feel deeply, deeply, deeply strengthened and good, and good about your own self, and good about every other person self, everybody else. You're not judging yourself or others. You're not rejecting anything. And you're not accepting anything either. You're just with it. So, I wanted that's very interesting when we talk about Zen and relationships, because that's a very, very different way of being in a relationship. It might seem absolutely opposite of what's doing in this world and <coughs> the everyday world in our, in our samsara world our normal world it seems to be the very opposite and it is so it takes kind of courage to try a new way especially someone told me about their child usually with our children oh my goodness we want to control them guide them take care of them there's like an overly protective thing and maybe it's not overly protective it's It's lovely to want to take good care, but how do we do it in a way that's positive, that's strengthening for them, that doesn't create all the difficulty that we usually see in relationships and families, often between parents and children? The rebellion, the anger, blah, blah, blah. So this is a new model in a sense. It's a new way, and try it out. (laughs) Try it out. Now, when I say try it out, I want to repeat again that there are wonderful Zen centers all over the country, and most of them are on Zoom. They're online. So you have a unique opportunity now to tasting, meeting different Zen teachers, Zen, Zen communities, seeing how they fit for you, how they, how you, how you like it. They sit together online. Is this one where you feel a connection, a rapport? So it is a wonderful opportunity now, <coughs> even though it's a hard time. There are good good aspects to it, and that is one of them. You can listen to many many Zen talks all over, all over the the web, and all over Zoom. It's a good thing to explore. You the the, per, the place could be near you or not near you, but it's wonderful to dip your foot into the water. It's it's. Because to establish a deep and lasting practice, it is very, very, very beneficial and maybe even crucial to have a a group, some kind of a sangha, a schedule, fellow travelers, a teacher, a guide, a guide. And that's for you to discover. So anyway, it's getting a bit late for this morning. But thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to be with all of you. And I, and I again, will say the URL for this podcast is www.zenwisdomtoday.com. And if you want to ask me anything, my email is topspeaker at yahoo.com. And I really look forward to talking to you again next week. Take care. Be well. Bye-bye.